Sponsored by the Dunleary Ratdown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye with Joe Dalton and Simon Haig. Welcome to another week here at Dublin South FM and you're listening to myself, Joe Dalton at Business Eye. It seems that things are starting to get back to normal again. Well, hopefully. I'm here in Dundrum Shopping Centre. There's a peak view of some shops opening up and others preparing to opening up. I can't wait for the playgrounds to be fully open. I know that the government have said the playgrounds will be open, but unfortunately, some have not yet. As they say, we're all in this together, but we are in different boats. And this week, I'm going to speak to a selection of business owners to find out what they're doing to prepare for opening, how they've been getting on with everything over the last couple of months and how they see the future. So sit back, grab your coffee and let's get this show on the road. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, folks. And as I was saying there... Companies are opening up, things are changing and people are looking forward to spending a bit of money again. And my next guest is Tara Buckley. Tara is the general manager or general director, I should say, of RG Data. And she looks after and is speaking to people within the retail industry. And they've come together with, you know, the pubs and the restaurants. Tara, are you there I am. I'm here listening to you, Joe. Listening to me. Yes, uh, everyone listens to Joe. I don't even like saying that, talk to Joe or listen to Joe. It's, it reminds me of another another broadcaster out there. But Tara, look, I, we know that there's a lot of companies out there who are in the service industry and they're starting to open up and they do have many concerns. And I was speaking to a previous guest there a while back who works within the retail industry and they said that, you know, the whole industry knew there was going to be changes coming down the road and COVID-19 speeded a lot of a lot of things up for how businesses do business. But now we're seeing that companies are saying, businesses are saying, if I don't open up soon, I'm bust, I'm gone, I've given up the fight. Can you elaborate on that for us, please? Yeah, to be honest with you, Joe, the, my members are retail grocers. So as it happens, they were deemed to be essential shops. So when the government announced the lockdown, um, the shops that I represent, which would be supermarkets, convenience stores and local shops all around Ireland, family owned businesses in general. Yeah. Um, and we, we, our members stayed open and they certainly had to quickly and very, you know, overnight had to adapt their businesses to social distancing, making the shops safe for customers, making them safe for staff. So a huge amount of work was done very quickly. And I suppose you're right, you know, some of the other aspects that had to be addressed were how they got the food and groceries to their cocooning customers and vulnerable customers. And they had to look at the way they ran the store, how they, you know, a lot of of my members changed their opening hours. So they went 24-7 so they could stock shelves at night when there were no customers in the shop. They had to work the rosters in the store so that they could make sure that they would have two distinct groups of staff working so that they didn't overlap or interact so that they would always have staff to cover the store just in case uh, there was a case of COVID in the store. 
they also had to come up with all of the sort of safe social distancing measures to ensure that they provided a safe environment for their customers. So we would have looked at hand sanitising would have been brought in, stations at the doors, um, signage, perspex screens, um, perspex masks for staff. But the cost um, elements of this must have been colossal. You know, you're talking about that the small business owners of Ireland who are running small retail shops, they're not making millions you know, they're just making enough to pay their wage and get through month to month on this. So these costs must must have caused a lot of these people to, you know, have sleepless nights. I, I can tell you it was an extremely stressful time for the owners. And it depended too on the size of store and the sort of store. So to be honest, the supermarket owners, you know, they, they had a huge amount of stress and a huge amount of cost to, to adapt the stores. But people were coming every week and doing their shopping or they were getting click and collect or they were organising delivery through local community groups, the GAA, the Gardaí, uh, Tidy Towns, whatever. So their business, you know, they, their business, in some cases, they, they it grew, but in most cases, they were still, their customers were coming and buying their food. For some of our members who were in urban areas or beside big universities or schools, their business absolutely fell through the floor. But they stayed open because they saw themselves as an essential community service. They are. And maybe a busy forecourt that would have been selling lots of fuel and lots of food to go. And they had to close down their deli counters. They closed down their cafe areas. They closed. They were selling very little fuel. But they stayed open because they were selling some bread and milk and grocery essentials to customers who could walk from, you know, the local area. For them, their businesses really, you know, they were running at a loss, but they stayed open. So it has been a mixed experience across the food and essential retail sector. And I can see that this is going to be a challenge for the other types of stores that are starting to open up now and have started opening up since last Monday, because you are restricted in the numbers of customers you could have in the store at any one time. And I suppose it's a bit unknown as to how people will start. Will they go back to their previous shopping um, habits or will their shopping habits have changed? And that is a big concern for people in the retail sector. Look, I I live in rural Ireland and we have our local local shop and our local supermarket and you know, these were open all the time and thank God for the for Brexit because, you know, all the suppliers, all the logistic companies were filling their warehouses with stock for when Brexit kicked in. And then when COVID-19 kicked in, we didn't have a distribution problem. We didn't have a problem with food. And it was really great to see that, you know, living in rural Ireland, that I was never short of anything when we went down to the shop. So, and, and we talk about the health workers and we talk about the great job they were doing. But, you know, the, the, the shopkeepers and the people that worked in the stores, they probably were meeting more people on a day-to-day basis than our health workers were, you know. Like, yeah. to be honest with you, I take my hat off to them, Joe, because yeah, it was and, and an that's, extremely yeah, yeah. stressful time. And they came, the staff and the teams that work in these stores came together with the owners and they really did turn the businesses around and they, deliver a fantastic service. They were and smiling, right. smiling and, and laughing. You know, yeah. Absolutely. And the, the food supply chain, the wholesalers, the, the, the logistical people who, the delivery people, the, the you know, people who make sure the stuff gets on the shelves. I mean, we had a bit of panic buying at the start and a bit of disruption in the way people shopped. But once 
that got sorted out and it sorted out very quickly. I mean, a lot of messaging went out to people to please stick to your normal patterns. There aren't, you're not going to be, you know, there won't be empty shelves if you stick to your normal patterns. We can keep the, the food supply chain going. And once people calmed down, you know, we found that it was a fantastic service, really, at a time when... And the communities all pulled together, which is also fantastic, you know? One of our presenters here, uh, Patrick Dady, he is um, a logistics consultant and he deals a lot with a lot of the uh, food companies. And we had him on this show and he was saying, look, there's plenty of food there. It's, you know, this panic buying shouldn't be. And on his advice, we, we never panic buy at home and we the shops were full all the time and we got what we what we needed to do and it was it was great to see this but what my concerns are now is we've all been cocooned or locked away and people now want to get out and people want to get into the store so more and more people are as the the government and the country reopens step by step is there going to be a frustration about people not being able to get the products or the service they want in retail? No, I, I like this. Absolutely, I don't see that problem at all. I think the issue now for all of us is getting used to the way we're going to have to shop and the way we're going to have to look out for each other and um, be, be aware of all of the sort of things we need to do to make the environment and the shopping environment safe for the people working in the stores and for the customers coming into the stores. So I suppose we've probably got used to it for those of us who've been able to go and do our weekly shop or our shopping locally. You know, so now you will have the same type of regime when you go to a a clothes shop or um, any other type of shop. And I suppose a little bit of patience is required. Um, You know, you will probably have to queue because there'll be limits on the numbers allowed in the shop at any one time. Um, Different types of retail have had to look at the way they deliver the customer experience and the customer service. So that's going to be something that we'll have to get used to. But I suppose if you can always remember that this is being done so that the business can get back up and running and retain the jobs, retain that business in the local community, which is so important to the vibrancy of the local community. And also it's there to provide a service to you as the customer and trying to do that to the best of its ability. So a little bit of patience, a little bit of, um, you know, being being aware of the sort of rules and regulations around safe distancing and, you know, coughing etiquette and, you know, staying at home if you have um, symptoms. You know, all of those things, if, if we can all comply with those, I think this is the way we're going to have to get on with things going forward because it's so important for us to get our communities and our economies back up and running. One of the things I noticed through COVID-19 and when we were in lockdown, you know, it was the amount of Irish companies that didn't have facilities that you could buy online. And a lot of people, like, you know, we know that the courier companies were, some courier companies were hiring 100, 200 extra staff just to keep up with the demand of people ordering at home. But I was shocked because all those people who were going to buy, if it wasn't here, they were buying it abroad. And knowing that someone in Ireland could be could provide, and I got sort of frustrated and I was disappointed that we have so many, you know, buy Irish, buy from local comp- com- companies, but we couldn't get to them even online. And I think that's something that a lot of retail and a lot of companies will have to look at in the future. 
Absolutely. And I suppose in, in one aspect where it is welcome, the government did introduce a scheme to help smaller retailers and medium-sized retailers to get themselves online. So there now are vouchers for, for retailers that, that employ less than 10 people. There are vouchers available up to €5,000 to get themselves up and running online. And for bigger retailers, there's also an online retail scheme um, for those who employ between 10 and 250 people. So there are opportunities out there. And I think, you know, we've certainly seen, um, we've been seeing contacts from various different firms offering, you know, online platforms to local retail. And we're trying to share that information with our members. For the grocery sector and the, the sort of convenience sector that we represent, we see our members being clicks and bricks shops into the future. You know, I don't think their business, for an awful lot of people, the experience of going to the supermarket or the store, the theatre of selling fresh food, um, people who are cooks, people who like recipes and things like that, like to go and get, they might decide on the day and they might want to go and get what they want. Or a break from the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also, you know, going to get your shopping. I, I think this is something that I've certainly heard when I've heard some of the over 70s who were cocooning for for the vast majority of the lockdown, how much they missed and, you know, going out, that interaction, that social interaction with their local shopkeeper, with their local community, do when they're out pottering about getting their, their what they need for their, their dinner tonight or whatever. And that is a, an important social interaction is, yeah. for lots of people yeah. living in communities. T- so t- 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 we see our members having to be able to do both, Joe, like yeah. able to organise, click and collect organise deliveries to, to customers who can't make it there, but also still provide a great in-store shopping experience. You know, we, we have to take our hat off again to all the retailers around the country and all the small villages and all the small towns and all the truck drivers that deliver the food and the people that pack them. You know, they stayed open and they 100% delivered and I'd never seen any stores short of food ever. No, it was you no. Know, it was a fantastic effort by the trade, and you know, they, as you say too, it probably helped that we had been preparing for Brexit, and um, so that had meant that we had looked at a lot of areas and aspects of the business and the the food supply chain. And they'll so win the blows. <laughs> and unfortunately, Brexit is still sitting there on the horizon. Yes, we, we will be doing it. We will quickly. be doing another show on that, um, especially what's coming up now uh, and what's going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. We'll be we'll be tapping into that um, on it. Tara, can I ask you just a question before we, we let you go? What, what did you learn or what did you acknowledge over this period of time? Well, I suppose I wasn't surprised by the way local independent family-owned shops stood up to the mark and, you know, delivered during this time. But I suppose one area that really I was very happy to see was the way communities came together. And we've always said that local family-owned shops are the hub of a community. And during this last 12-week period, they really proved that. And some of the stories coming back to us about the, the joining up together with local community groups you know, what a fantastic um, community spirit was created. And one member said to me that some of the older customers, although a lot of them want to come back and start shopping because they enjoy going shopping, 
they also don't want to miss out on that link they've made, maybe with somebody from the under 14 GAA team who is coming with their mum or dad, delivering the groceries, but also, you know, talking to them, having a chat, fixing things around, you know, the squeaky garden gate or whatever. So there was this, these lovely relationships developed all around the country and maybe communities got more in touch with the 2K that they live in and found the local services and shops that were within that 2K and realised that it's very important for all of us and being sustainable into the future that we develop our communities compassion, and that we support our, each other compassion. in our communities. Yeah. That's what I, it's compassion and community, compassion and community on it. Absolutely. Tara Buckley, Director General of RG Data. Thank you for coming on to Business Eye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, folks, and my next guest is someone who I am dying to speak to. Do you know, we all love that, you know, smell of fuel, you know, the petrol. We like racing. We've been locked down, completely locked in our houses. And it's time to express ourselves and get out there, you know. And with a lot of companies opening up, there's a lot of team building that will be needed to be provided in the coming weeks and months. And there has to be a safe element as well. And what better way to do that in my opinion, would be for go-karting. And that's why I have Kyle Kennedy. He's the Managing Director of Kyle Moore Karting on the line. Kyle, how are you? Joe, how are you? Hanging in there. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm delighted. Look, if we're talking about social distancing and you're talking about wearing masks and you're talking about all this stuff, what a better way for a company to, you know, to cocoon yourself in that go-kart. You're wearing that helmet. You're flying around the track. Laughter and joy is what I think people really need at this moment in life when they're coming back into their workplace. And when I've gone go-karting, we've had, you know, we're competitive and there's been a lot of crack as well. You you, you said it greatly there, Joe. I think, you know, in, in an allusion to uh, social distancing, you know, if me and you were on the track, we think we'd be keeping that two metres at all times. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'd be trying to slip past you in a metre and a half or, you know, knock you a little. But uh, that's that's on a different day when I get on a track with you and I get the good cart, not the dodgy uh, cart. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, the one. You can have the one with the three wheels. The, the, okay? the excuses are coming out already. <laughs> but look, you tell us, you're opening up next week. Opening up Monday, June 15th. Yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to get going and... Um, yeah, we're open enough. We think we can do it safely um, and we can think we can do uh, all the procedures have been tried and tested. And, you know, there's a lot of lot to say for, you know, the mental health aspect of our uh, product and you know, the live aspect of it and being able to give people a real, you know, live fun racing experience, as you said. And, you know, we have lots of COVID procedures we can see on our website at coilmocarding.ie and how we're going to make you know, new ways how we're going to make it safe for all customers and you know, for us as a business uh, health and safety has been a fundamental priority for since 1992 yeah so, health and safety you know, has always been it's going to be no different in, yeah, in our opinion you know it's health and safety has always been so important in yourselves it's like the farming community you know when speaking to them they said look the, we've been dealing with viruses all the time foot and mouth wiped us out um, and we had to deal with that virus and, and build things up again so the farming the rural community of Ireland are used to it like yourselves you've been health and safety has been it has to be a major 
major issue with yourselves. You mentioned there uh, just before we came here, and you know, we're 13 weeks into this lockdown. You know, then everything came. That's nearly, you know, as you said, you know, a quarter of a year. What have you learned yourself, Kyle, as the business owner over the last 13 weeks? Um, yeah, uh, good question. Um, well, I think, you know, one thing that we hear a lot is is the pace and the, the, the rapid pace of change. And I think that has been kind of epitomized over the last few months, you know. Obviously, as a business owner, we had to, you know, close down. We've been closed since March 16th, um, obviously in the interest of public health for staff, customers, like everybody else. Um, but it's also given us a chance to pause and reflect and look at our business. And, you know, I think positivity is key in life and, and in business. And, you know, I see this as an opportunity to come back even better. Um, you know, we've we've got to learn, you know, people working from home and doing, you know, digital, accelerating that trend of changing the digital and, you know, trying to motivate staff and staff training virtually. Like, these are all good things. Um, you know, I think it gives us another chance. You know, you, you saw straight away when, you know, things closed down, people were firing staff straight away. And I think, you know, that's, you know, a team is arguably you know, the most important part of every business. And, you know, we, we retained all our staff and we've trained them up. We're going through four phases of training. And, you know, everybody here is, is kind of ready to go. And, you know, taking into account all the guidelines that have been published, um, you know, from the NSAI and all the government good guidelines, you know, we are, we are ready to go and we've been planning, you know, to tell you the truth, in planning since early April. Well, here, here it is, Kyle. Right, we're okay. We understand the health and safety, and you know we know those procedures are put in, and we know that these are going to be followed through. But from a sales and marketing point of view, and from a business point of view, has it allowed you to reflect on what you've been doing and how you can be even better now, and see the opportunities moving forward? Most definitely. Um, I think, you know, we're chatting about, you know, I think, you know, art, the sales and marketing is about, you know, meeting, you know, customers' pain points. And, you know, it's given me a chance to reflect on our different market segments, you know, see which is strong, see, you know, what we can do better, where we can do better, how we can refine our messaging. And, you know, it's it's going to be a battle when we open back up, but it's given us a chance, as I say, across the team, reflect what our strengths and weaknesses are and look at our market base and, you know, plan to, you know, refresh messaging to all of these segments, you know, uh, over the next couple of months as we reopen and, you know, from a business, whether that's, you know, we're launching new new products like a racers club, we've, we've, we've cr- built a new customer lounge on track two and three. So, you know, we're just constantly making improvements for, for, for the benefit of the good and for the benefit of the public and for our customers. And, you know, we're now Dublin's only karting centre. So, um, you know, we're hoping to provide a first class experience like we always do for, for our customers. Do you know, the, one of the things I've always noticed, people will go go into you know a car center like yourselves and they'll go in a little nervous you know walking through that door they're a little nervous you know what's going on here walking out of it smiling and full of confidence the adrenaline pumping yeah yeah you know it's um tell me you're opening up how's bookings bookings good bookings are great yeah so we only announced we're opening back up uh, about 10 days ago and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you can do all the health and safety in the world. You can you can say you're the best at everything. But ultimately, it comes down to the customers and their confidence in, in you as a business and in our procedures. And you know, I'm delighted to say we've got multiple bookings every day next week from Monday. So that's obviously a great indication from our from our customers. And, you know, 
we think you know maybe the first week or two you know might not be as busy as as it would be for the normal two weeks in June but I think you know that's fine with our limited capacity and our procedures and stuff we need to do that but I think you know I'd be aiming to be getting back up to you know, full, full steam in, not, not in the not-too-distant future. Brilliant, yes. As someone said to me, they were sick of walking around their, their same park all the time <laughs> over the last, you know, umpteen weeks. Um, they'd be delighted to get in and blow off a bit of steam uh, up with yourselves. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you going to give our, our listeners to the station here maybe a free pass, a, a pass for four or something? Yeah, we can do a family pass for four. I'd be uh, delighted to do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get the marketing team onto you there and we'll we'll push that out then as well. Happy to help but, out. Look, listen, if someone wants to jump in, if someone wants to, you know, get, get, get it on and get those wheels and let off a bit of steam and build a confidence, especially in the corporate world with a small company who have been all working at home, who have, you know, they've been isolated doing Zoom calls. Where can they, you know, get in touch? How many people can you cater for? Could you cater for, say, a company of 10 people, a company of 20 people if need be? And where can they contact you? Yeah, so, yeah, great point. So, yeah, as you mentioned, corporate would be a huge part um, of our business. And although we might not be doing our standard 20 to 30 size uh, you know, race events. We will be doing corporate wellness programs, and um, you know, on our vouchers for for staff. And then, because of the size of our facility, we we can use multiple entrances. We've got three tracks, so we can easily cater for for groups. At the moment, we're saying max group of twelve, and um, because we've got different brief rooms and different tracks, so you know, we can't guarantee more than six in in one group. But you know, we 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 can cater for people up to twelve, and then we'd be hoping to, as kind of guidelines change and goalposts change, be able to kind of open that up a little bit. You know when it's safe to do so and all that information is on our website at www.coilmorecarting.ie um, you can drop us a mail you can book online or else you can call us on 01626 Kyle it's a pleasure having you on it's always great to hear a bit of positivity here at Positive Radio here at Business Eye as someone once said it's good to hear it it's good to hear it definitely it's been a pleasure Joe thanks so much for having me and uh, look we'll, uh, we will see you on the track we will see you on the track dead right thanks Joe listen all the best thanks everybody you're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, folks. And my next guest, as you know, I've been speaking to a few people here at Business Eye just about what's going on over the last 13 weeks and how they're preparing for the reopening. Because there's a lot of businesses out there who are preparing to open, as I said. There's other people who have been working or have seen the opportunities in this uh, pandemic to help us, the consumer, keep on motoring. And one of the things which is very important to myself and to all you out there is your mobile phone and connection and communication. Because what would we have done in lockdown if a, if a phone stopped working or we basically, our internet went down? And that's why I've brought on Alan Eyre. Alan is the sales and managing director of Mint Plus, um, Phonex, and it, 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 I believe a couple of other companies as well. But I'm going to get Alan to um, tell me a little bit about what they're doing and uh, see if I missed anything. Alan, are you there? I'm here. Yep. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you. Delighted. I've been hearing wonderful stories from your from your staff telling me how entrepreneurial you are and, you know, tinker thinking out of the box and everything as well. So tell me, how did the last thirteen weeks affect yourselves and your team within your organization? Let's start there. Well, 
Well, thanks. Um, well, just to give some context, uh, Phonua, which is the company that I work for, and we have two brands underneath Phonua Mint Plus and, and, and Phone Fix Express. Phonua is uh, Ireland's largest mobile phone distribution company, uh, 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 and we have large contracts of distributing phones for people like uh, Vodafone, Carphone Warehouse, Tesco Mobile. So in, in normal terms, we're a wholesale distribution company uh, driving dis, dis, uh, distribution of, of mobile phones into those retail channels for, for, for all of those customers. So obviously our biggest challenge was that uh, during the, the lockdown, all of those retail stores were closed and we had to quickly adapt what we were doing to try and pick up phones going through other channels particularly the on, online yeah. channels. So that that was a challenge, obviously, to convert, not just for us to convert our, our distribution center to be able to handle uh, end-user direct delivery uh, uh, types of logistics rather than big drop into retail logistics, but also set up quickly some services that we, we could support the end-user out of, out, of out of our own business. So a couple of key things came came out of that really was that we have uh, our sister company phone fix and they are ireland's only fully accredited repair center so the majority of mobile phones are repaired under warranty and out of warranty in ireland go through that center but they usually go through that, that those retail channels so we quickly developed an online service to direct to consumer service so very quickly we, we created a website and very quickly we created a service behind that website that essentially allowed a consumer to drop onto the site book a collection on that site and we would go out within uh, i think 24 hours within dublin and 48 hours nationwide collect the phone bring it back to the uh, service center and have it repaired and back out within within 24 hours. So essentially in Dublin, a 48-hour pickup, repair and drop service uh, under warranty and out of warranty phones. So um, obviously you can appreciate that that, that that took a bit of pulling together, but it was it, it was pulled together and we saw quite some volume coming through through that. But I think um, it's also speed of delivery. You know, when we get these ideas, if we believe that they're the right thing, we have to, one of the things is speed of delivery to market. You know, thinking about it and then running it next year mightn't have the same impact. So it, for yourselves, it was, okay, we need to do this. We need to really change things fairly quickly as the curve has changed. Yes, exactly. What was the planning? Was, was it, did, you know, did you sort of, did, did this take you logistically? Did this take you, you know, a week or a month to kind of nail this down to get it, get it, get it going? Well, to be, to be honest, probably, probably less than that because we do have a, a, a warehouse with a, a fully integrated logistics service in there and, and we deliver uh for multiple customers to multiple channels. So we've always had a direct delivery uh, solution in place. The biggest thing was to, to switch on a website and, ju- and just get that functionality up quickly. And we, uh, uh, memory serves me right, we had, we had a functioning website up and running within uh, a couple of weeks, which, which, you know, for a large organization that's not as nimble and doesn't have as much in-house uh, technical support probably would have been much more difficult. Now, it's the old adage of having a slick-facing system to the consumer where they can see a very easy journey for those, a few clicks, and they've got the book to repair. But behind the scenes, obviously, we had to put a lot of uh, ma- manual processes in place to begin with just to get this thing moving moving quickly. So the, the, the link from the consumer registering a repair 
uh, and our logistics centre shipping it. The bit in the middle was probably the bit where we were frantically working very many behind the scenes and over, over the last few weeks have been starting to sort of sew that, that together a bit more in, in an integrated way. Uh, but, you know, we felt it was necessary, obviously, to try and uh, and support the, the, the market and bring that service where a lot of people wouldn't have had any options. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and the key to all of this is that uh, we are a uh, fully OEM accredited repair centre. So not only are we, we, we throwing up a very quick service, but still the quality of service, those accreditations would give consumers a high degree of comfort that they're still getting the same level of technical service that well, they would that's the thing, the phone Alan, retail. Alan, yeah. that, you've just nailed something there because the biggest thing is we talk about customer service, but the biggest, the biggest evolving uh, process at the moment is customer experience. And a lot, what I've noticed over this period of time, a lot of organisations out there, you know, that have failed rapidly in the customer experience and it's like I I speak to someone and they go oh you know we hear it all the time you know oh Vodafone is this or you know Air is such and such and and all these large organisations that you know have the teams you know, like for example, like Air have I've been on hold to Air ten times uh, for probably thirty five, forty minutes, and then and then when I get someone, it hangs up. Or yeah. I've been on to you know Virgin and can't get anyone in Virgin. So all these communication and it's funny communication companies are failing their customer experience more so than the small retailer, which is yeah. it's a bit shocking. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those things. The bigger, the bigger you get, almost the more difficult it seems to be to to spinning to lots of plates, yeah, lots of yeah. plates. And for us, it was important. One of our biggest USPs, we wanted to make sure that the consumer understood one was that, you know, this is an accredited service with a company that has vast experience in the market over 20, 20 years, but is a local company. You know, and what. what in terms of turnover, a large company. In terms of staff, we're a 200 headcount company. So we're, we're still pretty nimble in terms of being able to switch things on. And if it's just about putting bodies behind uh, phones or on emails, then we could do that and, and make sure that we at least supported our service in a, in a local way, but, but maintain a level of customer service, which was equally important because I think for small businesses, and particularly if we think of ourselves a small business when we're trying to you know, drive something like Mint Plus or Phone Fix. You know, you can die quite quickly with a lot of with a lot of negative feedback that comes through on social media or or, or, or over uh, web channels or whatever. Death by it is trial, these days, right? You, you are you, you can die very quickly if you're not if you're not careful. You know, uh, yeah. So gone are the days where you could control the noise to a degree. You know, you just can't control the noise today. You will live and live and die basically by by your service levels. There's always obviously the the odd chance you get with a customer that is particularly at a bad a bad experience, but when you've got that continually being shown up as a pattern, then obviously. You, but it's you're not in even trouble. the bad experience. It's it like anyone that has a concern. If you talk to them and ask them these questions about how can I help, how can I best serve you, what do we need to do to resolve this, that person can come your best and biggest ally in the future. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And that feedback is paramount as well. Yeah. Because but it's it's you know, it's getting it's the the frustration of people trying to get in touch with someone to to talk to is is where it is. Look, one of the things that that with myself, we all have the world has changed, and you know everyone now is fighting about to get on space on your mobile phone and this is what I I had a mobile I have a mobile phone I've had it over 24 months I I changed the contract just to, for the sim card and it was dying so what I did I went and invested in a new screen and I invested in an upgrade an upgrade battery on my phone okay yeah. and when I got the new battery and the new screen my phone is like brand new again is there is P are people looking now to invest not in new phones but pre-owned phones that have been been updated with software or reconditioned or whatever yeah. maybe? Yeah. And that's that you know that that's actually the case, and that that's where our second sort of consumer brand, if you like, has has come out of, and that's in this recycled, refurbished, and and, and putting back onto the marketplace. Essentially, a premium pre-owned phone. So, so, okay. so doing exactly what you you've mentioned there. And Mintplus is it, it, Mintplus.ie is the, the the website that we've put, we, we've put together to service consumers directly with that type that type of product. So, again, and because we have got a lot, long his, long history and experience in the marketplace in terms in terms of, of dealing with a you know. Uh, multinational talco type companies we have access to being able to pull in a lot of stock from those buyback trade in 14 day return type of stock because we've got phone fix there that are technically able to upgrade test check refurb put those batteries in put new screens on phones and then put it through a quality control that you know has been approved for through a number of manufacturers because that's what, how they've got accredited. We've, we felt that we had a couple of USPs there that would, would allow us to, you know, uh, take the customer through a very good journey here rather than some of the scary things you hear about secondhand phones, not sure who you're dealing with, not sure what's in, in under the hood of these things and not sure how much support and warranty you're going to get. Yeah, We wanted to uh, take all that, that worry away from a consumer and give them almost a confidence that you can buy a second-hand phone. It is going to meet a quality standard that we put out in the marketplace. We're going to wrap it around a brand to say we're quite happy to shout about the quality of this brand, and we're going to give you a warranty on the back of that uh, because we have so so much confidence that, that this phone is going to going to work, and you're going to uh, and you're going to get the best use out of the phone. You know, and, and on top of that, on on top of all, all of that. To your point, the point you made earlier, you can take this phone. It doesn't affect the contract that you have with your network. If you've got a SIM SIM only contract, you you just got to go. You can put the, your SIM in, and, and away you go. And you're picking up essentially what is a high tech phone with from big brands uh, at a fraction of the price that you would if you paid paid for a new one. And if that's not enough enough motivation to do it you also now contributing to the environment in a positive way yeah because we're taking waste out of 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 the environment here you know we're giving a second and a third life to a mobile phone that ultimately would have found its way into into that electronic waste number that we all see being so scary so there's a lot of positives around that and there's also the, the point that you know 
if you are a young person or if you've struggled on a budget to try and, you know, get the, the, the latest uh, phones, this this is a lead into allowing you to get your hands on an Apple or a Samsung phone at a, at a reasonable price with some confidence that you've got some support behind it and service. The technology out there is brilliant. You know, it's you know, it's it's evolving all the time. Where do you see the whole industry going, Alan? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things we see happening uh, this year, certainly in Mint, we're trying to invest more and more. We're, we are pushing that that, that green side of things. Um, there's huge investments coming down, I think, and, uh, from a number of companies. We, we obviously, as I said, work closely with Vodafone. They've got a massive green agenda. And we've been working in the background over the last 12 months with a number of key uh, accessory vendors in particular who are now producing not just tag something tagged as a green accessory but actually a fully biodegradable range of accessories so biodegradable into into landfill over two years biodegradable in the ocean over two years and compostable in your compost compostable bins or or, or your compost within seven months and in the past you know in the recent past those 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 kind of uh, eco-friendly products have come at at a cost to the consumer because they've usually been more expensive or they haven't necessarily been fashionable. Whereas now over the next six months, we're going to see a, f- a proper range of things where customers and consumers won't have to compromise to be green. You know, And not only do they won't have to compromise on price, on quality or on fashion, but they'll also be able to fully appreciate that this this thing they're getting is actually what it, what it should be, which is compostable or biodegradable, rather than just being green friendly, if you know if, if you know what I mean. So yeah, we're yeah. fully investing in that. We're, we're, we're turning Mint Plus completely green. We're going into full uh, recycled green packaging. We're removing more and more accessories out of the box because we all know how many chargers and cables people have lying around. So we're given the option to say, let's get the cost down. Let's keep it green and if you do need accessories you'll be able to purchase accessories separately if you need them and again we're trying to make as many of those accessories uh, environmentally friendly as possible so i see that happening with us i see that happening over the next 12 months in terms of the the way the networks will start going and hopefully this is go this message is going to start coming where in in two years we're not even talking about a a a green accessory or not it'll just be the standard that everything should be biodegradable uh, you, you know going forward yeah, no. yeah it's it, um, it, just something just springed up there with me chargers I'm with with so many people in the house and so many it's amazing you know how many tablets like if I did a head count between phones tablets and computers are all connected yeah. to Wi-Fi like we, I think we're, we e-cables they just break or stop working it's it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one of my banes of my life is phone charger cables I'm yeah like the, and I know the, they're all trying to become uniform and, and, and Apple continue to resist that uniformity where I think Apple know, is better than the other one because the other one has a little gap in it that can bend um, and it gets it gets debris in there. Yeah, you know, so I think yeah, Apple's yeah. one is a little bit is more consumer friendly for plugging in and out. The other one, you know, you can. So that's that's my my. Yeah, and again, on uh, you know, that, that I think things will change there in terms of even contents of new phones, contents in boxes of new phones, where Everything, manufacturers yeah. and networks will get together and say, can we start stripping some of this out because people don't need to continue to, to buy another cable or another charger head here. Yeah. So that, that'd be good for, for Well, that's for even with so. phones, putting them on, are there devices now you can just place your phone on and they charge it. Yeah. 
yeah, on the so, wireless charger. Yeah, and therefore, so. you know, they're universal. As long as your phone is compatible, it doesn't matter if it's a Samsung, Huawei. Yeah, and that's going to get away with cables yeah. and plugs and everything as well, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Look, before I exactly. ask you all the different websites and all the different stuff, I need to ask, I've asked my guests this, uh, that have been on the show today, and I'll ask you this as well. From a personal level, what have you learned yourself over the last 13 weeks? Um, from a personal level, I, I, I've probably learned that um, family time is golden. Work-life balance is something that I probably don't I haven't looked at in the past too too heavily. Um, you know, um, there's a, probably a balance with me in terms of really, really understanding that I spend two hours a day in the car going backwards and forwards to, to an office, which just seems to be a complete waste of time. Um, and that working from home for a number of people can, can work under the, right, under the right conditions. So I think that's going to change massively. Uh, you know, we do a lot of work with, with business and enterprise, and we've seen a, a fundamental shift in terms of how they're going to approach, obviously, working from home. Having said all of that, you know, you do miss the camaraderie of being in the office and, and, and working with people, and you do miss that switch between a workspace and an office space, and then makes it more difficult to switch off potentially as well. So it's a bit of a trade-off of gaining time back from, I suppose, the negative time in a car, you know, making sure you beat the traffic and all that, but uh, possibly taking a bit more time back from yourself in terms of being able just to just have that switch off. You know you've left the office, but when you're at home, you don't know you've left the office. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's learning. It's, I, I think yeah. it's, it's really, for, for, you know, for me, and I've said this umpteen times, it's, you know, reflection, it's compassion, it's community and gratitude are the four things that really came up for myself over those those weeks. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, as I said to you, I've got a... Uh, eight-week-old baby in the house. So, you know, that that that, that time has been precious, which I wouldn't have had if, it, if, yeah, if this lockdown hadn't been in yeah, place as well. It. So there's those small things like that you, you really yeah. appreciate. You, know? you won't be allowed to leave you know. now. You won't be allowed to leave. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan, where can people, give us some web addresses there if people want to connect with yourselves or find out more about the service that you provide? Mm-hmm. So if anybody is looking out for uh, premium pre-owned phones, they go to mintplus.ie and we've got a full range of uh, phones there, not just phones, accessories, smart office, smart home devices, they're all new, you know, from all the major OEMs. So give us, give us a look out there because there's, there's a wide range to shop there. And, and again, if anybody is still, you know, a, a little bit hesitant about getting into retail stores to get phones repaired, drop onto phonefix.com and we have a slick system there that can have a phone repaired and back in your hands within 48 hours, zero touch. And I'd advise anybody anyway out there that they've got a faulty phone, go onto phonefix.com and just check that they're not eligible for a free repair under warranty terms. And our, che- mm-hmm. our quick check on phonefix.com will confirm to you whether you're eligible for a free repair anyway. Brilliant, brilliant. Alan, and is there, um, if someone wants to get in touch with a customer service as well, is there somewhere on LinkedIn? Or I know that you've I spoke to two of, your, two of the guys there, uh, Derek and Root, two really switched on guys, very, um, you know, good to have on your team. I, I you know, was impressed by the service that they, they had and, and the attitude they had when, we, when I was speaking to them as well. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, a direct contact to us on any of those two websites direct into our customer care there. So uh, 
Alan? About anything, they can just they can click on contact us and it'll be straight through to, uh, to Mark Brilliant. and his team in our customer care department. Alan, thanks for coming on to Business Eye. No pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. And that's it, folks. Three interesting guests who are looking forward to the country reopening, who have either adjusted the way things are moving or helping people develop new strategies, new systems as we move forward into 2020. I would like to thank our sponsors as well, the Dunleary Ratdown Local Enterprise Office, uh, making it happen. Uh, if you do hashtag making it happen or go on to their website, they have lots of vouchers which can help businesses move forward online. So they are keeping in contact with their customers. Till next week, I wish you a wonderful weekend. Have a super day and be safe. Take care.